So today's daf is daf Lamites, page thirty nine. And we pick up on the bottom of Lamites Hamid Beis, two lines from the bottom. We are up to a brand new Mishnah, a fascinating topic on Ahmed Aleph. We're going to focus, continue to focus on the Allahs of Nadarim. Our Mishnah is going to bring in Bikr Chaylim. And Ahmad Bez is going to shift to some halachas pertaining to Bikr Cholim as well as some sukim that have to do with Kairach. So really a little bit of a shas dika daf in, uh, in Meseches Adarim. All right, so we'll have a, a few different topics for this evening. Let us get going. Again, the Mishnah, two lines from the bottom of Lamed Chesem Bez. If somebody is he makes a vow forbidding Hanah from his friends. Heruven makes a nether that he's not allowed to receive any sort of benefit from Shimon. Now listen to this. And now Shimon is sick and Reuven is going to visit Shimon who he's not allowed to get benefit from. So he's going to go into Shimon's home and he can't benefit from Shimon. Says the Mishnah, I made of Allah Yashiv. You're not allowed to sit in Shimon's home because you're not allowed to benefit from him. But you're allowed to go fulfill the mitzvah of Bikr Chaylim as long as you stand. If you stand, that's not called benefit because mitzvah is lav lehanesne. No, you're fulfilling a mitzvah. It's not called benefit. And you can fulfill a mitzvah by standing. Who are you to go sit? Who, who gives you a right to sit? You took a vow. You're not going to benefit. So you can stand. You cannot sit. And the Mishnah ends off with a cryptic line which we'll explain, the Gemara later on, and Daphne Malaf will explain, but we'll, we'll speak it out over here. The Mishnah says, Umerapai refuas hanefesh avalai refuas mamay. If let's say Ruvain is, takes a vow, he cannot benefit from Shimon. Let's say Shimon is a doctor. Is he allowed to heal Ruvain? So here it says, you're not allowed to heal him nefesh, but yeah, for the, you're allowed to heal for the, for the moment. What does it mean to the Gemara? In a, a few daf, is going to explain to us that Shimon, if he's a physician, is going to be permitted to heal Reuven, because again, there's a chiv to heal another yid, but he's not going to be allowed to heal Reuven's animals. Because Reuven said, I'm not allowed to receive any sort of benefit. Okay. Shimon could still be his doctor, but he cannot be his veterinarian. Those are the two halachas of the Mishnah. And now the Gemara is going to really focus towards the first half, for the first half of Ahmad Aleph, focus on the first half of our Mishnah, which is somebody makes a nether and he comes to visit him, he can only stand and not sit. And the Gemara is going to try to figure out what's this whole standing and sitting business. Like who took a vow from who? Who's forbidden? Let's get into this. Zakti Gemara, Bamaya Skinah, what are we dealing with? Top of today's daf. Come on. If the property of Reuven is forbidden to Shimon, now we explain different, right? I explain the Mishnah, and we'll see why soon, when we read the Mishnah, that Reuven is not allowed to benefit from Shimon, so therefore he has to stand. The Gemara now, the wants to say, maybe the case is where Shimon cannot benefit from Reuven. So if Reuven cannot benefit from, from Shimon, if Shimon cannot benefit from Reuven, let Shimon sit. What's the problem? He's not the one, the visitor is not the one, Reuven's not the one who's forbidden to benefit, so let him do whatever he wants. Stand sick, But if the property of the sick person is forbidden on the mevaker, if Shimon, who's sick, is, is forbidden to give benefit to Reuven, who's there, why is Reuven even allowed to stand in the house? He's not allowed to come in. Well, the Ma'ilaf Kamina standing or sitting answers the Gemara. Amar Shmuel Shmuel explains. Really, Ruvain's coming to visit Shimon, and Ruvain's the one who's ushered to benefit. Oh. 
So now, what's the problem? If he's forbidden to benefit, what do we say? Why is he allowed to stand? The Gemara says, I'll explain to you why. Because there were times where, and this gets into Hilchus Biker Chaylam, there were times where when people would come visit the sick, they would actually get paid to spend time with the sick person. You sat down, you comforted them, you kind of became like a, a shtickle caretaker, and you were paid for the sitting. But to come stand, that there was never money taken for. Hence, Ruvain, who we're saying, according to our understanding right now, according to Shmuel, where Ruvain's forbidden to, um, uh, Ruvain's possessions are forbidden to Shimon who's sick, so Ruvain cannot sit down because he's giving benefit to Shimon. And Shimon can't benefit from him. If he sits, Shimon's benefiting financially. But if Ruvain stands, he's going to be able to perform the Mitzvah Bikr which the Gemara asks, my Pascha, I mean, that, that's a pretty uh, general statement without, you know, without any clarity in the Mishnah. So w- w- the Mishnah seems to say that you could stand, you can't sit, and now we're saying, well, it depends. If you, there's a place where you take payment, the Mishnah didn't say there's anything about payment. Sigmar is bothered if we're going to establish that to be the case, like kind of Iker Chasar Menasefer, the main idea that we're dealing with payment over here is, is left out. Sigmar is bothered by this. To which Sigmar responds, Hakamashwal on the Chiddush over here is going to be, even in a place where they, they would receive payment, where Reuven would receive payment for visiting Shimon, Ali Yeshiva Boy Lemishkal, you're only allowed to take payment for sitting, you're not allowed to take payment for standing, which means it's actually against halacha. There's never going to be a time and place where somebody comes to Mabakar Chayla, stands there, wishes them a Rafur Shalema, walks out, and you could take payment for that. Why? Because this gets into. The prohibition, kind of like what we spoke by teaching Tyra, it's prohibited to take a salary, to take money for performing a mitzvah. Now, the main way to perform a mitzvah is you walk in, you stand there, at least you're going to stand there, wish the guy a refuah shalema, and leave. You have to sit? No. Since sitting's extra, so that you could charge for. All right, so that's one possible uh, that's one possible way, Shmuel's way to explain our mission. Again, the, the Gemara had asked, what's the case about coming and visiting? We're willing to permit standing and not sitting. Where do you find the difference? Shmuel says that actually removing the visitor's property is forbidden on Shimon. So therefore we tell Ruvain, you could stand, you can't sit. Otherwise, there's payment value. All right, that's one answer to explain. Another possible way to explain the Mishnah is, or you could say, like the Rav Shimon El Yakim, who says, which means like this. Rav Shimon Ben El Yakim has a very interesting halacha of during the Shemitah year, can somebody enter the field of somebody else who he's forbidden to benefit from to take produce? During Shemitah, all produce is hefker. It's ownerless. So you could walk into somebody's field and take the fruit. Now the problem is, if you took a vow that you're not going to benefit from his stuff, there's an issue. If you go into his field to collect the fruit, you might end up hanging out there, falling asleep in the shade and whatever. So Shemuel Yakum says, you're not allowed to, if you take a vow from somebody's field, even if it's during Shemitah, you're not allowed to do that. Why? You might tarry. You might tarry, T-A-R-R-Y. You might take your time over there, and that is going to be now considered to receive personal benefit from this guy's field. And therefore, says, says the Gemara, we have a Gzeira here 
that the reason why you're not allowed to sit, even if we're not dealing with a place of payment, but we're not going to let you sit because what's going to happen is you'll sit down, you'll, you'll fulfill your mitzvah, and then you might hang out a little longer. Longer than you had to. Maybe you'll end up just schmoozing and not fulfilling the mitzvah of, of Biker Chaylam. You just end up, uh, you know, there for your own reason, not to. So, Xero, we say, you know what? You only stand. You're not allowed to sit. Because when somebody stands, they, there's a much smaller chance that they're going to hang out and give the person, uh, the benefit that they were forbidden to receive. Now, obviously, this Gemara does not agree with the joke that they say about uh, Jews and Gentiles which we've so spoken a, a few times, but there's a, a Jewish comedian who says that Gentiles leave parties without saying goodbye, and Jews say goodbye and they don't leave parties, right? You have a, you have a year, they, year and they, they go to parties, we say goodbye, and then we hang around, we take another cracker, another cookie, another fruit, and then, eh, and then it's a half hour later, and then you have to say goodbye again. And then you, eh, then you find the ice cream, eh? it says Jews say goodbye and we never leave. That's, that's, uh, that's his shtick. But uh, the Gemara here is saying, that as long as you're standing, this is the turrets to that joke, yeah? As long as you're standing, it's not considered, you know, we could assume you're not going to stay longer than you have. Ula Amar, Ula gives another possible way to understand the Mishnah. La'ilam, he says, really. We're with a case where the property of the chayla, Shimon, who's sick. His property is forbidden to Reuven, who's visiting him. Okay? Now the question was, if Reuven is not allowed to benefit from Shimon's property... So why is he even allowed to stand? Says Because when Shimon, when the vow was put in place, that Reuven cannot benefit from Shimon, is only talking about a regular situation where nobody's sick. But if Shimon needs, he needs somebody there to help make him better, so then the vow is not included. Hence, we allow Reuven to go and, uh, and stand there, but he can't sit. Says Gemara, why? I don't understand. All of a sudden, if the vow doesn't include a case of bigger chayla, if so, I feel nami. Let him sit down. Let him sit down. The vow doesn't include bigger chayla. Answers the Gemara, no. It includes the prohibition of the vow includes anything that's necessary for bigger chayla, which is standing there. But the mamish go and 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 sit down, um, which is not needed for the mitzvah. We, is taka included in the nether, is included in the vow, and hence, it's going to be forbidden, it's going to be aser. Okay, so those are three possible tirutzim, the first one coming from Shmuel, and then we have a Iba Yasema as well, and the third one ultimately coming from Ula. Now the strong dispute, just to clarify what's happening here, between Shmuel and Ula, and to how to understand the Mishnah, is that Shmuel is saying, the Mishnah is dealing with a case where Reuven, who's doing the Bikr Chaylam, he's visiting, his possessions are Asar on Shimon. That was Shmuel. Ula was saying, no, Shimon who's sick, his possessions are Asar to Ruvain, and that's why Ruvain can only stand and not sit. Now the Gemara is going to challenge these, uh, the, this Machlaikas, and here we go. Mesvei, that's the challenging question. Chala hu nichnas levakre. Okay. If somebody... Who's forbidden within, uh, you know, because of a nether, becomes sick. So, you have somebody coming to visit him. So, I'm sorry, if somebody has a vow that's forbidden to benefit, you can still visit him. However, you're not allowed to visit his son, rather, you have to ask about him from the marketplace. Meaning, you have to stay outside, which is where of Moshe Feinstein, 
uh, using this Gemara to, to Paskin that you see that even though it's not the, the highest level of Bikr Chaylam, but even if you ask about somebody from a distance, i.e. you make a phone call, either we, a regular audio phone call, but from afar, you have fulfilled the midst of Bikr Chaylam. Because we see from over here that if his son gets sick and you can't personally visit him because you're forbidden to benefit, you're still obligated to ask from the marketplace, to ask how everybody's doing from afar. Says the Gemara, makes sense according to Ula Damar who says that we're dealing with the case. Again, Ula understood the Mishnah where the property of Shimon who's sick is forbidden on Ruvain, and that's why, and Ruvain could come stand, but he can't sit. So say we're dealing with a, a case where he wasn't including a sick situation. Shop here, Besaders, then this all makes sense. No, he only uh, is not including uh, a vow when he gets sick, but when his son gets sick, it's still forbidden because he's including the vow. El but according to Shmuel, says the case where the property of the of Reuven who's visiting is forbidden to Shimon, and that's why Reuven can't sit. Again, why can't Reuven sit? Because he's it's like a form of payment. He should really be pay- getting paid for this, but you could stand, because nobody gets paid for standing. What's the difference between him and his son? Let the guy go and be the son and just stand there. It's forbidden to benefit. Go, go, go and stand. Standing is not considered benefit, according to Shmuel. That's the mesve, that's the challenging question that we have on Shmuel. To which the Gemara answers, Omar Lach, Shmuel will say to you, Our is dealing with a case where Ruvain's possessions are ushered to Shimon, but Brisa, but the Brisa that is Bishanikhsechalasumavakar. She says that is no question. Why? Because one case is where Ruvain's uh, property is forbidden to give benefit to Shimon. Okay, so Shimon is probably forbidden to give benefit to Shimon. So it's two different, completely different cases. There's no contradiction here, and you don't have a question on me. To which the Gemara, answer, which the Gemara asks, Shkayach Meishatovia. Shkayach. You want to wiggle out and say, oh, different scenarios. My Pascha, where do you get that from? How do you know to do that? How do you know, Shmuel, to say, oh, the Mishnah is dealing with the case. Where the property of Reuven is also on Shimon. The bride's dealing with the case where the property of Shimon is forbidden to Reuven. Where, where do you get that from? Amar Rava Rava says, Amar Shmuel. Shmuel says, Top of Amar Beis, Masnisen Kishi. Say he had to, Shmuel had to explain it like this because he had a problem with the Mishnah. Why, why did Shmuel have to explain the Mishnah to be a case where Reuven's possessions are also on Shimon? Because he had a problem with the Mishnah otherwise. He was, Shmuel was asking on the Mishnah, my area, the Tani Aymed, why did the Mishnah say you got to stand and not sit? Let him sit. Again, Ruvain's possessions are usher on Shimon, and Ruvain's going to visit Shimon. So let him sit down in Shimon's house. He's not receiving, he's not, he's not, Shimon's not benefiting from Ruvain's possessions. Therefore, Shmuel says, it's got to be a case with the Nechas Mavakar, our usher, to are are uh, forbidden to Shimon. Hence, we say stand and not sit. Because if you sit, now you're now you're giving financial value to your sitting, and that's called his possessions. Shimon can't gain from him, so it's only going to be um, it's only going to make sense. Says Shmuel, if uh, if you're standing and Mamela he he um, interprets and explains. The Mishnah to be a different case than the Brisa. Period. End of that entire Shaka Vitaria. Okay. Done.
Now the Gemara is going to have a very short discussion on what's the source of Bikr Chayil. Now that we're talking about Bikr Chayil and Mishnah, what's the source? When you look at a source of something, now you start to understand all the halachas that come out of it. Okay? So Amar Yishlakish, Yishlakish says, Remez the Bikr Chaylim in Atere Minayin. Where's there a hint to the mitzvah of visiting the sick in the Tyre? Shinamar, it says, all right, now this is a pasuk that has to do with Maisha Rabbeinu and Kairach, where Maisha is making a deal with them. And he says, if ultimately Kairach and his cronies die a natural death, i.e., they get old in a way where other people have to visit them, then I'm wrong. But if they die an unnatural death where the mouth of the earth opens up right here, right now, you know, as soon as we're done, then you know that I'm right. Now, we're going to see from this Pasuk, let's read this Pasuk inside. If Kairach and his cronies die a natural death like everybody else, and they die a natural death in a way where other people are going to have to come and visit them because they're in the hospital. So you see that there's a Mitzvah See him as a because he says, Maisha said about Kairach, if they were to get old in a way where people are going to come visit them. So you see, Bikachailim. Says Gemara, my mashma, this is such a strong mashmais. It's really, it's a, it's a strong inference from that. Amar Rav, Rav says, yeah, in Kamais Kaladam Yumusanela, Maisha is saying, if these people die a normal death, meaning they get older. Other people have to care for them. So this is the normal, uh, this is the normal way to go. And uh, the, there's normal expectation. People want to come here. So you see a hint in the Torah to Bikr Chaylam. Says the Gemara. Uh, so Maha was concerned. And he says, if they get old and they don't have an unnatural death, what are people going to say about me? It must be that I'm not God sent. Because the people who I'm appointing to the position that Kairach's upset about must be wrong. So obviously I'm, uh, I'm not the Navi everybody thinks I am. That's what's going to end up happening. Darash Rabbah, Rabbah says, And if Maisha says, But if Hashem makes a creation, a miracle, meaning, If Gehenim is created right under the spot where we are, that's beautiful. If not, Hashem should make Gehenim right under this place. When the earth opens up and swallows them up, they should go straight down into Gehenna. Says Gemara, Ini, is it really true? Is it, Maisha was not sure whether Gehenim was there. Vatani, we learned in a brisa. Shiva, Devarim, Nivrukayim, Shiva, there were seven things created before planet Earth. Elohim, Taira, Tshuva, Gan Eden, Gehenim, Kisei HaKavayim, referring to the Shekhinah, Divine Presence. Beis HaMikdash, Ushmai Shal Mashiach. And the name of Mashiach. The name of Mashiach here is referring to the ability for a human being to become the Mashiach. So you see, Gehenim was already in place. So what's Mashiach saying? Hashem should create Gehenim over here. We create Gehenim over here. Gehenim is there before planet Earth. It's, not, it's, it's, like a, it's a different entity. So Gemara says, first of all, Tyra, Tyra was created before the world. Hashem Kanani Hashem created the Torah at the beginning, which means prior to any physical action that he did to the world. Tshuva, Tshuva as well, Dechsev. It says in the Pasuk, Now these are, uh, these are um, 
psukim from Tehillim. Before the mountains were even created, and before you had made earth, Toshev and Eshadaka, you had you returned man Ad Daka. Ad Daka is referring to uh, a place where they're going to be Dach, they're going to be lowered down. The Gaimer Gan Eden also the Chesiv State in Pasuk Vayita Hashem Elakim Gan Beedem Mikadem Gan Eden was made even prior to Adam and Chava. Kehenim the Chesiv. Ki aruch may esmal tifte, because uh, uh, tifte was aruch was cre- was already arranged and set up may esmal from yesterday. Okay, so again tifte is referring to uh, Gehenim and it's from yesterday, prior to the world. Kisei akavad dechsev. Hey, no, the kisei akavad the the throne of the brothers. I'm referring to the to the shechina. Hey, no, that was created before the world. Dechsev it says in the pasuk nachain kisacha mayaz. You've already established your throne, Mayaz, from prior times. Beisamikdash Tuchsev, what about the Beisamikdash? Hey, no, that was created before the world. Kisei Kavad, Meiraim, Meirishan. The Kisei Akavad was elevated the same as the Beisamikdash. Shmaisha, so if the Kisei Akavad is before the, before, uh, the world, so too the Beisamikdash. Shmaisha Mashiach, and the name of Mashiach, Tuchsev, as it says, Yehi Shmaila Megamer, may his name be forever, etc. Okay. Bottom line is, asks the Gemara, I don't understand what Maishu Rabbeinu was saying in his deal, uh, you know, in his, or call it the, the statements, the spiel that he made by Karach Va'adase, about, well, if Hashem didn't make Gehenim, then it should be created right here, right now. Because Gehenim was created well before Maishu Barashas. So what Maishu Rabbeinu mean? Answers the Gemara, Elohikama, rather, rather, what Maishu Rabbeinu meant was as follows, if the opening to Gehenim has been created here, Mutav, beautiful. Oh, I know Gehenim is created. But the opening to Gehenim, I don't know if it's here. And I need Kairach and his cronies to go straight down. He says, Hashem should make the opening here. There's nothing new under the sun. So how would Hashem make something new, a new opening, if there's no opening? You can't make something new. Moshe was saying, There's an opening to Gehenim. I don't know if it's here. If it's not here, Hashem should schlep it over here and place the opening here. So the question of Ein Chodosh Tachas Hashemesh of there could not be anything new that answers why Hashem wouldn't make a new mouth again. But once something's created, it could be moved around. That's not called Chodosh. Once it's created, it's there. So Meishvinu was saying, if the opening to Gehenim is going to be underneath, where that beauty. Otherwise, the Rebbeim should bring over, slip over the opening to Gehenim, and this way. When, you know, after it's proven that Kairach is incorrect, the opening will be right there and the earth will swallow them up. Okay. Now once we're dealing with uh, um, Kairach, again, how do we get on to Kairach? Because we were proving the mitzvah of um, Bikr Chaylim from what Maish Rabbeinu said, if Kairach and his cronies get old and people come to visit them, right? So that's how we, that was the hint to Bikr Chaylim, which our Mishnah was talking about. People make a vow 
you know, uh, from, from each other. The question is, are you allowed to be mevaker chayla? We said, where's the hint of bigger chaylam? And now we're getting into, we're continuing. Once we got onto Kairach, we're spending our time a little bit, uh, a little bit with Kairach. So here we go. Dorash Rava. Rava gave a drasha. Va'amrila Omar Rabbi Yitzchak, and some say it was Rabbi Yitzchak. What's the meaning of the pasuk which says Shemesh Yareach Omar Zavula? The sun and the moon remained in their spot. This is when Yeshua went to battle. He asked for the sun to stop moving. The sun famously didn't set, stayed in one spot. Shemesh Yareach Bezvul, the the uh, sun and the moon in Zavul. Now Zavul, there's a Gemara elsewhere that tells us there's. Um, there is a, a number of different heavens that are up in Shemayim. And Zavul is the fourth heaven, right? There's a, there, there's seven heavens. I'm in seventh heaven. It's based off of the Gemara. The Gemara speaks about seven heavens and the distance between one heaven to the next. Some of them are 500 years. Some of them are, are much, much uh, larger. So the, um, the Zavul is the fourth Shemayim. It's the fourth heaven, and apparently that's where all Hektish and Kedusha remains. So, um, says the Gemara, Ba'ayin, uh, what are they doing there? The sun and the moon are in the Rekia, which is a much lower down heaven. The Rekia was the second heaven that the Gemara lists. So why are we talking about Zvul, which is the fourth heaven? What happened was that the sun and the moon, during the battle between Maisha and Kairach, the battle, meaning the debate uh, over who Hashem chose, the sun and the moon moved up to heavens, and they said, they spoke to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and they said, If you stand up for Maishu Rabbeinu, we'll keep doing our job. The sun and the moon are putting their jobs on the line. Yeah? Now remember, the sun is the source of all light, and the moon reflects the sun. At this point in creation, at least, right? Initially, when Hashem made the world, the moon also had its own light. But at this point, by Maishan Karach, the moon was a reflection. So basically, what they were saying is we're willing to put our entire job on the line for Maisha. And if not, if you don't stand up for Maisha Beno, we're not willing to. Uh, we're not willing to light. Okay. Now this was a battle all about Tyre, because Maishar Abenu, right, this gave us the Tyre. The Tyre came through Maishar Abenu, and he had to be the one who was the the the, the leading navi without uh, unquestionably. And the sun, and the moon shine in this chus of Shemayim va'aretz that's there in this chus of Tyre. So, Omar Lahem, Akadish Baruch, who said to the, uh, I'm, I'm skipped, I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, what happened was, Akadish Baruch, who, uh, took, uh, uh, basically shot spears at the sun and the moon, and Omar Lahem, and he said to them, know what I mean, he shot spears, he, he responded sharply, and he said, let me tell you something. Every day, there are people who worship Avaidazara. And one of the main Avaidazara's people worship the sun and the moon. They believe the sun and the moon have specific powers. And even though you have turned into an Avaidazara, 
you keep doing your job. Bechvaydi, and for my covid, lay mechisem, bechvayd basav adam mechisem. Yeah? You, you don't care about my covet. You care about the covet of Maishra Rabbeinu. Meaning, you, you're standing up for Maishra Rabbeinu's covet. You're telling me, you're not going to do your job if I don't stand up for Maishra. Why do you keep doing your job when people step on me, says God? My covet, when people serve you as of a desire, you keep shining. You don't, you don't care about my covet. You keep doing your job, Hashem says to them. But for Maishra, all of a sudden, uh, you care. It's a good time now. Yeah. And you know what and, and, and therefore, every day, HaKadosh Baruch Hu responds to them and he kind of forces them to keep doing the job. That the reason why the sun and the moon keep doing their job is because of this sharpness that HaKadosh Baruch Hu shot at them. Tana we learned in a brisa, Bikr Chaylam ain't la shir. The Bikr Chaylam has no maximum or minimum amount. As long as you do it, there's no limit. My ain't lam shir, Savari Basil Mimar ain't shir the Matan Shara. There's no limit for how much reward you get. Amr the Abaye, Bachom Mitzvah Smiyeshlin Matan Shara. You can't put a price tag on any mitzvah. But Tanan, we learned in the Mishnah, have a Zahir bin Mitzvah Kalabachabura. Be careful with the mitzvahs that seem to be lighter to you, like the stronger mitzvahs. Because you don't know the reward of mitzvahs. Okay. So this b'risa which says, bigger chaylim, ain lahem shir, cannot be referring to its unique schar, um, because really every mitzvah, we don't know, uh, we, we don't know the... Uh, Complete value that's there, and this is really what the Rebbeinu Shalom wanted. He doesn't want us to put uh, to put value on positive mitzvahs. If you think about it, when it comes to averos, when it comes to transgressions, the Torah does create categories. There are certain transgressions where, okay, you sinned. There's no consequence. There's other averos where, like Yechayev Misa, some Yechayev Kares, some Yechayev Misa Shemayim, some Yechayev Malkus, some Yechayev Echatos. There's all different categories when you transgress a negative commandment. By a mitzvah say, we don't really have categories. It's very interesting. You don't have like, oh, this category, you're going to get received this amount of schar. And that type of mitzvah, you're going to get, if you do it, you're going to get this amount. You don't have that. HaKadosh Baruch Hu purposely wants it this way. Because it's all part of one perfect picture and he doesn't we know we know that you know people will just go in for the biggest investment and that's not Hashem's goal Hashem's goal and for the world to exist appropriately is not that we should all be running after the highest reward the goal is to have a relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. so yeah some misses will have a higher level people have a lower level bottom line is you want to have a robust uh, a robust picture hence HaKadosh Baruch Hu covered up and did not reveal what type of reward we got for the performance of mitzvahs? This way we'll perform all mitzvahs. Elam Rabbi, rather Rabbi says, what does it mean in lahem shir? Again, it's not referring to reward. Ein lahem shir means the same way a five-year-old, a 10-year-old, a 20-year-old should certainly go be mavakar chayla, a 40, 50-year-old. And a 40, 50-year-old should go be mevakar chayla, an 80, 90-year-old. 
and eight nine years right? You think older person, you think whoever's older than you out of respect. Elam Shir means it doesn't make a difference how old you are. I could be 119 years old. If there's somebody who's ill, that's three years old, I have a mitzvah. You go visit a sick person. Rav Amarava says, It means even 100 times a day, I could go visit somebody as Bikr Chaylim, I get a mitzvah. I went, for, I went in the morning. If I have time to go again that night, I have another mitzvah, Bikr Chaylim. See, a lot of mitzvahs, the mitzvah is once a day, once every little bit. Over here, you could perform a mitzvah as many times as is appropriate. Now, what this means is, bigger chaylam by definition is to help and strengthen emotionally or physically the, per- the person who's sick. If you're not helping him, it's not bigger chaylam. If you're going and being a nudnik, and you're annoying, and they actually don't want you there. Or you go to the hospital, and they don't want to be seen in the hospital. You have to use your seichel, to use your common sense. It's not bikr chaylim, if the person who you want to do a mitzvah to, is not interested in being your mitzvah right now. So afilu means, obviously, if the person is going to be strengthened by your presence... Then we say there's no limit to how many times you could go. But I'll tell you, the maximum limit is as soon as you get annoying. If it's too much, you, you don't even have your mitzvah anymore of Bikr Chaylam. Or if you come to the, you know, at the wrong place at, uh, at the wrong time. Rabbi Pesach Kron speaks out. He has a whole, a whole uh, speech. I'm sure he has more than one speech on Bikr Chaylam. But he, he gives a mushal. He gives, a, he gives an example. It's not a mushal, a story. An incident that happened with him. Of somebody who wanted to like help and said something very cute, but it was just like the wrong time. He said that he he on uh, there was like cholamite sukkis or on yamtif he broke his leg, and he ended up needing to have a procedure to fix it. And it was right after the procedure he was in a lot of pain. He was in a lot of pain, and there was somebody who either came to him or called him up and said, um, he says to him. Pesach, it's, it's so bashert that you fell and broke your leg on Sukkot. Because now everyone can say, Pesach fell on Sukkot. <laughs> he says, it was a good line, but at the wrong time. I just had my procedure. I just, uh, he's like, you know, you have... Even if you want to say something cute, you want to say, make sure it's the right time and place and the person, you know, the person's ready for it. Otherwise, it's not a mitzvah. Fakir. It's just like, it's like afterwards he found it funny, but at the time he just wasn't ready. <laughs> he wasn't ready for, for any jokes about Pesach falling on Sukkot. All right, let's go weiter. You should know, every time you go visit somebody, you take away a 60th of their pain. Your mom is healing them. Amrila, some say, Imkain, Le'olun Shisim Vlakamur. says, I'll tell you what you should do. Send 60 people in at once, and the guy's gonna feel fantastic. Except we know that's not true. See, he's asking, what do you mean it takes away a 60th of pain? Amrilei, he says back to him, Be'ishuraisa Debei Rebbe. What it means is, every time, Somebody goes to visit, it takes away another 60th of whatever's left. So it's not like you take a 60th of the original pain. 
is that the first guy goes, you take a 60th. Next guy goes, takes a 60th of what's left. Next guy takes a 60th of what's left. Hence, th- th- that makes sense. Okay. The Tanya. Now, what's this Isser? What's this percentage of Rebbe? The Tanya went to the Bryce. So Rebbe Yemi, Rebbe says, If you have a father who passes away, the estate has to support the sisters. They tell us Isser Nechassim. They take 10% of the property and they use it to help marry her off. Omalei the Rebbe. So they said to Rebbe, according to you, if let's say you have somebody who leaves behind 10 daughters and a son and he dies and in the estate there's $1,000. Guess what's going to happen? 10% to each daughter, each one's going to get 100 bucks and the son's going to be left with nothing. So that's not, it's not right. He's the one inheriting. He's going to walk away with zilch. Amar Lahans, Rebbe said back to them, no. Rishon tells Yisra Chosim, there's $1,000, the first daughter gets 10%. So she takes 100 as her dowry. How much is left? 900. The next daughter takes 90. Because that's 10% of the remaining 900. So now there's 910 left. I'm sorry, now there's 810 left. The next daughter is going to take 8.1. Because you get 10th, Right, eighty point. You're gonna get ten percent of that eight hundred and ten, and so on and so forth. And this way, there will be property left over for the son. Okay, and ultimately, um, then they go back and they uh, they, they take their uh, they take their uh, proper amount. Fine. Rabbi Chalboy, now, if they hadn't yet gotten married, what it means that they go back and they divide it, it means ultimately they then average out, that you separate 10% of what each daughter would get, the remaining amount the son takes, and then they go back and put all the money together and, uh, and divide that equally. Says the Gemara, Rabbi Chalboy Chalash. Rabbi Chalboy became sick. Nofak Achriz of Gahana. So Rav Acha went out and Achriz, and he announced, what did he say? Top of tomorrow's daf. He said, Rabbi Chalboy Ba'ish. Rabbi Chalboy Ba'ish means embarrassed. But it's, it's referring to that Rabbi Chalboy is sick. So people should daven. La'ika de ka'asi. But still, nobody came to him. Omar Luhu, he said, La'ika ha'chaya ma'isa. B'talmud echad, mitalmidi Rabbi Kiva. Wasn't there a story with one of Rabbi Kiva's students? Shechala, he got sick. Nobody came to visit him. Rabbi Kiva went to visit him. And because... Uh, and, and because Rabbi Kiva uh, showed up, he was able to see the problem, and he got better. Now, what was the problem? He took care of the overall room and, and made sure there was cleanliness in the room, which allowed the person to heal. Which, as my mother, Zechariah Nebrach, would say, today was her yard site, and she was uh, she worked in the medical field, so she would appropriately say, and anybody who's unfortunately ever had to be in a hospital or has had family members in the hospital for extended periods of times, no that a hospital is not a good place for a sick person. Unfortunately, some people come out of hospitals a lot sicker than when they went in. So Rebbe Kiva showed up, and he saw that there was work to be done. And if somebody's hospitalized, they need an advocate. They need somebody looking out for them. They need somebody watching, watching out to make sure that there's no mistakes being made. Every, there's mistakes that are made, and, and, and uh, you know, everything's being administered uh, properly. 
And because Rabbi Kiva came, so everything, the, the room got cleaned up, and that helped with the healing. So, so the, uh, Omar Lai said to Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Yechisani, Rabbi, you mamish healed me. Right, you gave me life. If a person has a chance to visit the sick and doesn't, it's as if you're spilling blood. Which means if you have an opportunity to heal somebody and you don't, it's mamish on your shoulders if that person, uh, if that person doesn't get better. That's, that's what... Um, uh, so when, um, that's what... Uh, Rav Kahana announced to the people. So again, the Gemara told the story. Rav Chelboy was sick. Rav Kahana told everybody he's sick. There were no visitors. And Rav Kahana gave them Musr. He says, how could you not show up? When Rav Akiva showed up, he got better. The patient only got better because of that. And therefore, there's a mamish, an absolute responsibility for anybody who has an ability to Help out someone who's sick and to go advocate for them or to go spend a little time and keep an eye on them. You have a chiyuv to do so or a responsibility to do so. And if you don't, then you, you, it's kind of like on your shoulders. If chas v'sholem, they ultimately do not get healed. Okay, we'll hold it here for today. And Bez Shem, tomorrow morning, we will pick up from here on Daf Mem, Amar Aleph. Have a good tevach, a wonderful, wonderful week, everybody.